Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name for Jesus. Our goal, our goal, Father, and I really mean this, is for people to be more in love with you after this service than, than when this service started. They'll be more passionate about you. They'll just uh, know the goodness of God in a greater way, in a greater dimension. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you want to follow along, you can go to rmfchurch.org, click on media, then notes, and uh, pay it forward. We're talking about, it's kind of like part two from last week. If you didn't hear last week's message, it was good on kindness, and this is kind of like a part two. But uh, you know what? I just feel like I need to say something to all the Freeman boys. Are they all here? One, two, three, four. And uh, this is what I feel about the Freeman. I, I, I want all of you all to hold hands, mom and dad, all the boys, hold hands. Isn't this so nice? <laughs> They're all muscular athletes and everything. This is what the Lord wants you to know, all four of you boys. That, yeah, you, God is He's thankful that you are enjoying life, enjoying sports. That's a good thing. Did you know God wants us to enjoy life? Everybody realize that? I said he wants us to enjoy life. He does. But he also wants you four boys to know this. There is a seed of God planted inside of you that it's going to grow and blossom and it's going to bear much fruit and it's going to be for the kingdom of God. You're going to enjoy life, but there's going to be so much good things that about God that is in you. And I know what I'm saying right now, it may just be going, boom, boom. but there's going to come a day, there's going to come a time when you're going to remember this day and how God has changed your heart and changed things in your life for the better, that it's just going to change your whole perspective about life and about God and why you're here on this planet. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the things that you put in these boys. And they're young men now. Thank you for the things you put within them. And I believe in Jesus' name. There come an eye-opening time. Little by little, their eyes will be opened up to the goodness of God, to why they're here and what God, what you, how much you love them, how much you care for them. And Lord, how much that their steps are being ordered even now. And there's going to, there's going to be a day when they go their own separate ways. And in that time of that path, on that path, Lord, they're going to realize the goodness of God in a gr much greater way than what they know right now. Let them know that your arms have always been wrapped tightly around them. There's not been one day that they've been all alone. There's not been one day that you have left them. So thank you, Lord, for orchestrating things, causing divine appointments to come to them. Doors to be open, doors to be closed. So that they will end up at the destination that is well-pleasing to their life. You are well-pleased with them now. And I thank you for the goodness of God being manifested in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans 15, 13. Can we say this out loud together? All right. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit Continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. I like that phrase, superabundance. God has superabundance for us. Amen. This is a funny story. I'm going to read it to you. 
An honest man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. This is just a story, so don't think I'm being male chauvinist here, all right? I said, all right? Thank you. An honest man was being, plus I'm just reading what somebody else wrote. An, an honest man was being tailgated, and it's funny, by, uh, being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. Suddenly, the traffic light turned yellow just in front of him. The man did the right thing. He stopped at the crosswalks, even though he could have beaten the red light, which I would have, by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman hit the roof and hit the horn, screaming in frustration that she missed her chance to get through the intersection. As she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit her car with her hands in the air. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed on a holding cell. After a couple of hours, the policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where, she, where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I am so sorry for the mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your, your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you, and cussing like a blue streak at him. I noticed the Choose Life license plate holder, What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on their trunk. Naturally, I assumed the, the car was stolen. <laughs> Isn't life great? The point is Kindness. We all need to be walking in it, amen? We all need to be walking in it. Last week I talked about abiding. And uh, when we're abiding in God and we understand where we are, it causes us to be able to yield more to kindness. All of us in here, including myself, we, we've been in situations where we were not kind to our spouse, to, uh, at the grocery store, to drivers, wherever it may be. And, uh, but I do want you to know this, uh, because I know you listened to last week's message. You may think that, uh, and I, even though I said that it, it's not a performance issue, it, I, I came on strong on that. So you may think, well, it's all about performing. And, but I, if you remember, I said, if you're just trying to be kind, you're going to fail miserably. You will. You will. But, uh. I, I talk really strongly about abiding in God, but everybody here, I'm pretty sure, is abiding in God right now, and God is abiding in you. And I can prove it. I didn't give Joseph the, the scripture, but 1 John 4, 15, it says this, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So let me ask you, are you abiding in God? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you, if, you come, uh, if you have come to him and say, Hey, Lord, I believe in you, Jesus, I believe you, you're my Lord and Savior. He is abiding in you and you are abiding in him. So there is an abiding going on 24-7. No matter what, there is an abiding going on. But um, I want to say this, grace doesn't mean that you do nothing. I preach a strong grace message here. Grace doesn't mean that you do nothing. And the reason is, if that is so, then why aren't we constantly walking in the fruit of the Spirit 
Why aren't we constantly just walking in all the promises of God that are yes and amen? Why aren't we doing walking in every... How about healing? Why aren't we just all walking in healing 24-7? I think like this to get God to speak to me as far as along these lines. 1 Peter chapter 3 says that all, everything that pertains to life and godliness has been deposited in us. Everything is in us. The fruit of the Spirit is in us today. All the kindness. You, ever, you know, people pray for patience. And I don't interrupt their prayer, but that's just a vain prayer. Thank you for that thunderous amen. It, it's vain to say, Lord, give me patience. You're not getting any more patience. Even when you get to heaven, you're not getting any more. Did I get everybody's attention? <laughs> Galatians 5, and 23, it says God has given us every, all of this. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience is one of them. But you, we hear Christians say, Lord, just give me more patience. No, what you need to pray is, Lord, help me to understand the patience that you've deposited into me and help me to get that patience manifested on the outside because I know I'm a patient person. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to walk in patience all the time. That's what I'm saying. It seems to me that the spirit that God and everything he's deposited in us is right here. But then there's this person who walks out 24-7 and there is a disconnect between this person and this spiritual man. Are you hearing me? So, because there is a disconnect, how can we get this man to realize that everything has been placed in him to get this guy to be manifested with this guy's stuff? Did you watch and carefully notice? You didn't get mixed up. It was not like the, you know, the ball underneath the cups, that, which one is it in? Okay, it was a poor illustration. But anyway, so I meditated this week on what, how can I help the church? How can I help the body of Christ for this guy to manifest what is inside this guy? I mean, I think that's pretty important. I think the connection is your soul. The soul helps connect the spiritual man to the flesh man, to the body. The soul. And what is the soul? It is your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your will. In other words, your chooser. You get to choose. God is not going to make any of us walk in kindness. God is not going to make us do anything. If he did, he'd make us love everybody. You know, everybody says this. This is a fallacy. God is in control of everything. Really? I don't know about you, then I would say, God, you're doing a really poor job. Especially in 2020. You say, you mean God's not in control of everything? Is he in control of you? Can he make you be nice? He has a hard time doing that just with your spouse, much less a stranger. That was a good one. So God's not in control of everything. He put you and I on this planet so you and I can choose. We get a free choice. We get to choose. 
And it's a powerful thing. Because, why? Because love lets you have a choice. Love lets you. This is what we do. Just like if, if you've got kids, parents, you know this. People say, you know, control your child. You show me a parent that is in 100% control of their child. That was an amen. Was that Benjamin amen in me? Jonathan used to do that when he was that age, so it just runs in the family. But anyway, this is the point. You can't control, you know, this is what you do. You can, you can put guidelines, and you can put parameters, and you can discipline, you can do all that. But, man, when they get to become teenagers, and in their 20s, and in their 30s, it's all over. You're not controlling anybody. And let's just be real. You have a hard time controlling yourself, and you think you can control somebody else. <sighs> this is the point. God, the love of God is so real to us. It should be so real to us. He says, I'm going to give you free choice in life. And he gives us his word to help us to choose wisely. Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says this. In that chapter, I'm not for sure what scripture it is, but it's in that chapter, verse 15 or so. He says this, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing prosperity. I've set all these things before you. I have set them before you. And then this is what he says. Choose life. You get to choose. You get to choose. I said you get to choose. So part of the choice process is are you going to choose what God says about you or are you going to choose what everybody else says and what you've been experiencing? Because, you know, if you've been walking and you're just grumpy all the time, you probably says, you know, that's just my personality. I'm a grumpy person. That's who I am. Well, guess what? You get to choose that. I said, you get to choose that. Or you can come over here and say, you know what, God? You said you put the fruit of the Spirit, and one of them in there is kindness. That's inside of me. So I'm going to choose to believe that's me. Even when I see myself being grumpy, I believe the real me is kind and tenderhearted. That's part of the disconnect for the spiritual man. The soul, it goes through the soul and the soul gets to choose. I'm going to choose that. And it can be manifested now in this guy. All right? How about uh, your mind? Your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your mind. Because in this world, especially in social media, you know, that's why I don't get too involved in social media because, man, you put stuff up there and everybody, everybody's angry. Everybody's angry. You know? This, this is about six months ago. I was a little boy, a dad took his little toddler to fish fishing it was so cute and everything one of the comments underneath there is what a lousy dad you are there was no life fest on that boy he got it and i went really really that that that's your comment that's your comment it's just wow we just want to just what can we shoot down what can we shoot down listen 
This is the state of the United States right now, and it's time for the church to rise up and start changing that one person at a time. Instead of us, instead of us, when something ugly said, or instead of us, you know, sitting there and, and jumping in and chiming with, let's go against the stream. Let's go against it. It's called being kind. Your mind. This is where a lot of us have trouble as well. How can we get the spiritual kindness man to be manifested? Well, you've got to renew your mind. And part of that is just in Romans chapter 12. It says that we need to renew it. We have a brand new spirit, but unfortunately, we have the same mind that we always had. And if you were, grew up, and, and like Danielle was talking about, being negative and all of that, you give your life to Jesus, get on fire for God, and man, you still got that mind that will still think the same way. You do me wrong. I'm not going to get even. I'm going to get ahead. I used to think that. Especially as a kid. I was so little, and, 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 but I, I, I ran around with everybody who was my age, but they were all bigger than me, unlike the Freeman boys. They were all bigger than me. And so it just made me mean to those guys that tried to take advantage of me or do something wrong. I mean, I grabbed the nearest thing, two by four, Coke bottle, we had Coke bottles back then. They probably wish they had plastic, but they were Coke bottles back then. I mean, which is whatever, and that's, that's what I used to, to get ahead. I got ahead a lot. And then other times, I didn't get ahead because the two-by-four or whatever I grabbed didn't work. And so then you got the snot beat out of you. But my point is this. God wants you to understand that you have a new nature. You do not have two natures on the inside of you. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Every sin, everything of your past is completely done away with by the blood of Jesus. No past. But you got to renew your mind. You get to choose and then you got to renew your mind. And then your emotions. Where the emotions come in at? I haven't totally connected this, but it's just by total observation and my opinion. Are you listening? This is why I observe. People that see a greater manifestation of the things of God, it seems to me that they are more, they show a passion for God. They really love God. Let me just back up by one thing. You are going to be loved by God if you never read your Bible, if you never pray, if you never come to church. The love of God is never going to be changed over your life. I don't know about you, but that just sets me free. I do not have any square... Or listen to me, I do not have anything to perform to get God's acceptance of Mike Davis. Hallelujah. People say, well, man, you preach that, people are just going to sin. No, in Titus chapter 2 it says, the grace of God causes me to live and want and desire to be holy before you. The grace of God, not the legalistic law that the Old Testament preached, but the grace of God causes me to want to live holy before God. 
And so if you're accepting the grace message and think that you can live any way that you want, you do not have a clue about the grace of God and your eyes have been deceived. But you show me somebody who has a revelation of the grace of God, they're going to be so passionate because they understand that I don't have to do anything and I'm loved by my Father. I'm accepted by my Father. I'm a favorite to the God of all gods and the King of all kings because of His grace. Man, that would just turn your crank. That would just turn your crank. So this is the thing. And once you get a hold more and more of the grace of God, it's going to cause you more and more to be passionate for Him. And it seems like the more passion, people are passionate about God, uh, there again, you, you can't flip the cart before the horse and say, well, I need to do something for this to be manifested. You will always be legalistic and you'll fail every time. You will. You just got to try harder. Have you ever tried to be nice, especially if you're a grumpy person, everybody keep looking forward. If you're, you just don't give any hints. But, I mean, if you're grumpy, you know, you just think, I'm going to really try to be nice. You can for a while. 30 minutes or so. You can for a while. <laughs> but then you fail. Why? Because you, you just, this is not a flesh thing. Grace and the, the fruit of the Spirit wasn't deposited into your physical body it was deposited into your spiritual man and so it is a spiritual supernatural thing the fruit of the spirit is just as supernatural as the gifts of the spirit and first corinthians chapter 12 people think the gifts of the spirit are supernatural galatians 5 22 with that you know that's just all the fluffy stuff no it's just as supernatural it's supernatural to walk in kindness it's supernatural to walk in joy it's supernatural to walk in the peace of god Lord, just give me peace. Just give me peace. And I understand why people are, are, are praying that. I'm not going to just stop. Excuse me. You know, that's just a stupid prayer. I'm not going to do that. Please don't do that. If you do, don't tell them you go to our church. But anyway, just, 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 I, people get so legally, I, I've seen people of grace, you know, and they just get legalistic in that. You don't have to pray for that. You know, God's already given that. You know, really? 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 Just let people pray. They're going to connect with God. God's not up in heaven going, la, 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 I'm not listening to that, la, 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 I'm not. He's not doing that. When your kids come up to you and they ask stupid questions, I'm sure not any of the kids here, but I mean, if they ask stupid questions, you just don't go there and go, you know, that's the most stupidest thing in the world. Just go back to your room. I'm not going to feed you today. <laughs> what kind of parent does that? Well, there may be some, but I mean, they're, they're stupid parents. But my point is this. God doesn't do that. He loves his kids to come to him. And if you come to him, even with the most ridiculous prayer, he's going to just say, man, that's my kid. Michael, this is my kid. He's talking to me. I mean, this is just awesome. He's not going to say, well, that's just the most ridiculous thing. I can't believe you brought that petition to me. He's not like that. So I don't want anybody here just that th when I say something, I don't want you to get, you know, oh, oh man, I... What if I pray wrong? You can't. It's like talking to your wife. Okay, maybe that's not a great illustration, but it's just like talking to people. <laughs> I'm a little on the honorary side today. But anyway, it's just talking to people and your friends. You're not going to say the wrong thing because they're loved by you. All right? So don't think you're going to pray or talk to wrong to God. He's not like that. 
And then when you say something wrong, he's not going to cross his hands. He's going, I got a little baby lightning bolt. He's not going to do that. He's not. But it appears that people who are, have a zeal for God. And Romans 12, 11, Did I give you that one? Probably not. Can you look up Romans 12, 11? If you look it up in, um, just look whatever version you got. I think it's NLT. Never lag in zeal and earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit serving the Lord. Look up uh, NLT. What's NLT say? It could be the passion, come to think of it. Let's see. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Okay, one more. Passion. Try the passion. It's in there somewhere, the word that I'm looking for. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion. That's it. Keep your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Isn't that good? I knew you'd get it right, Chelsea, if I just kept going. But anyway. <laughs> Be boiling hot. Listen to me, though. This is not something that you work up. It's not like in sports, you know, okay, we're getting ready for the game. Oh, I got to get, get loose already, get loose already. No, you don't, you, you can't do that and say, okay, I'm going to get hot for God. Okay, here we are. We're going to get really hot for God. No. This is how it works. It's the Holy Ghost working in you. But you have to realize, listen to me, you have to realize what's going on on the inside. And once you, when you have a revelation of what is going on the inside, this guy over here is going to get excited. Again, it's the soul. It's the connector of this guy to this guy. The soul, the will, the mind, the emotions. The, the emotion guy, you know. And, and don't get me wrong. People think, you know, he, he's really not worshiping God. Why are you judging him like that? It's because we think people ought to respond the way that we do. There's some people that respond like this and jump ooh, and get excited. And, Woo! Glory to God. There's other people that just do this, and they are just as emotional as that person doing that. You go, say what? They are. Be don't you, we all need to be careful, especially the day in which we live, of just pointing and judging and thinking how people are. You should just stick to yourself. <laughs> that was worth coming to church for. Just stick to yourself. Especially with church people, yeah, well, they're not very spiritual. I like to know what that definition is. What is spiritual? Because Jesus never did say be spiritual. He never told his disciples, go out and be spiritual. And yet that's what church, we need to be spiritual. Or we need to be more spiritual. No, you just need to know. How much God loves you. The more that you know how much God loves you, the more your perspective, this soul guy, is going to make a con connection with this spiritual thing and this body thing over here. And I'm telling you, I just desire our church to be like that. Because we need more kindness to be manifested. We need the goodness of God to be manifested. 
And it cannot be from a performance level. Because as soon as somebody really pushes the wrong button in you, and unfortunately, the devil knows all of our buttons because, not because he's super smart, because he can just watch you through life. And, you know, I mean, I've really gotten better in my driving attitude. Not better in my driving, but my driving attitude. When I work for FedEx, oh, Jesus, help us all. And uh, because I, I could put tread marks on your hood and not think anything about it. Or your foot, if it was in my way. But now, I mean, I'm not batting 100%, but now when somebody cuts me off and just, I just go, take a deep breath. I even pray for people who flip me off. I mean, I pray for people that cut me off and do bad things. And just instead of going, how stupid can they be? Just, you're just so stupid. You, are, you have no brain. And I used to go down that road. I mean, no, if you go down that road, it just, you're, no peace is going to be manifested. No joy is going to be manifested. There's tons of joy in there, but if I'm going down that road, no peace, no joy, no love is going to be manifested. But it's in there. Are you getting this? So to get that to be manifested, the soul has to be in control. And you get to choose. You get to choose. I don't want to go that way. I don't want to go down that. It's going to go, take me to a destination that I do not like. Manifesting the goodness of God. Philippians 2.12 says this. My be beloved ones, just like you're always listening to everything I've taught you in the past. I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now you must, you, not God, not anybody else. You must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy all of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. So obviously there is a connection with this guy manifesting the goodness of God by making sure that you understand the presence of God. God said this, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But the problem is there is a disconnect again with our soul to think that you're in the presence of God. When you're working, when you're playing football, you're in the presence of God. No matter what you're doing, the presence of God is with you. But if there is a disconnect that you think you're just doing your own thing all on your own, that's why it's just good to, from time to time throughout the day, just go, whoa, God's with me. God is with me. Man, especially when I'm going to go buy something, I want to make sure that I know, my soul knows that God is with me. You know why? Because I want the favor of God and man to be manifested when I'm going to go purchase something. How about you? Can you go and purchase something all on your own? Absolutely. But just knowing that I have the favor of God. I'm surrounded with the favor of God. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to know, Lord, I'm, about, I'm getting ready to go buy a car. And I just want you to know, I thank you that you're leading me to, to, to get a good deal. That just will help you. Just will help you. And trust me, I've bought vehicles before on my own, didn't think about God. And, and you know, it's not like God going, oh, well. But I, I've also bought a lemon. Have you ever bought a lemon? Holy cow. Melly says, are you sure? I went to an auction one time. I went up there with Ron. You remember that? 
You and me. Yeah, it was a terrible day. Anyway, I, bought, I, smelled, I go, Mel, I found the car. She goes, are you sure? And, and it's just, I just wanted something so bad. And, you know, like, well, you know, did you pray about it? I found a car. Worst vehicle I ever owned in my life. Well, second worst vehicle I ever owned in my life. I had it for 12 months. I think I spent three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. It was in the shop every month. Wasn't a blessing. I just know God doesn't want you to own something like that. As a father. He doesn't. Listen, I ran out of time, but listen, this you cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you that will cause it to be manifested outside of you. So don't hear this message and think, man, I just gotta, I just gotta try harder. No, all you gotta do. Do is get your soul in line to start making connections, to choosing right, choosing right, thinking right, and your emotions to be, just fall right in suit. God loves you so much, man. He loves us so much.